Welcome to Fearless Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando, and we're on episode 294. Yeah. Can't believe we're not at 300. Well, I was going to say, like, I can't believe 300 is closing in. See, I, I'm just in this weird... Like, I feel like we've been in, in this, the 200 forever. Now, granted, it's 100 episodes. Well, part of it is we don't we don't number the Monday minis. Oh, that is true. Maybe that's what's, what's that, doing That's it. what feels like it, yeah, because we, we'd be, we're well over 300 if you include all of our... And we used to crank out two episodes a week, which we may come back to eventually here. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, don't want to jump right into the the supporting us right away, but we've been getting a lot of support for Beer Podcast. We'll talk about it later uh, in our episode, but because of all the people supporting us, it's definitely becoming more and more likely that we we can spend more time on the podcast. So again, thank you to all of you who listen regularly. And if you're you know, new to Pierce Podcast, welcome. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about something we all care about, which is the good and something we all hate, the bad of reselling. And let's be honest, there's a lot of good things about reselling, but it kind of feels like there's been a lot of bad that's kind of been overshadowing that recently. So so yeah, so let me, let me bring some context into why this episode. So usually we have episodes, it's like, you know, how to beat summer slowdown or quick tips on shipping or and something like that and and those are good and mike and i enjoy doing those but i I feel like right now there's a lot going on in reselling that it's just good just to keep it organic right to just be real with it yeah uh because there's been a lot of interesting things developing in the last month or two and and we're gonna see where reselling goes but let's start off on a good note all right so i'm gonna ask you what what are what are some of the highlights of reselling for you yeah so um I mean, just in general, what what reselling has kind of done and and one of the things that I love about this podcast, and I've mentioned this before, so again, for longtime listeners, sorry for the recap, but it's amazing how much freedom reselling can give you. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I used to be on TikTok a little bit more or on Instagram and things like that, it's amazing to see how many side hustles people try and push, how many different, whether it's MLMs, whether it's, you know, buy this, yeah, buy this course and you'll be making all this money. So it's clear that there is a market out there of people who want to make more money. I mean, it's you can't you can't deny the fact that probably if you were to ask 100 people, 99 of them are going to say, sure, I'd love to make more money. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all want to make more money. And usually it's because we have something we want to do with that, whether it's I want to be able to take my family on vacations. I want to be able to not work as much, you know, in my nine to five. I want to be able to pay my bills without stressing. And one of the things that 2020 showed a lot of people was that stability isn't really there for a lot of things. I mean, you can have that solid nine to five job. You can be working for a corporation. And one thing that I've noticed, especially with like kind of the older generation, like my dad's generation and and above, is there is this kind of mentality of, of company loyalty that I'm going to be loyal to my company. My company is going to be loyal to me. And the reality is we're all replaceable at companies. Do you think that was ever true? I just wonder because I mean, I think I just not, not to the same extent, but I think it's probably was true for some people, depending on where you were location wise, if you're in a small town is more of a community. Um, But as we become more of a global, you know, environment and everybody's connected, that small community feel and the things that work, just like we've talked about in the past, like with economic things, what works in like a family doesn't necessarily work at a bigger community level and certainly doesn't work at a national level, okay. right? As you start to get bigger and bigger and more connected to, to people, the idea of, of taking care of and being taken care of and the things that people will do selflessly for their family doesn't work in the same way when you have lots of people. So I think the same thing is true with corporations As the bigger corporations get, the more you can be replaced by somebody who can work remotely from anywhere for half the price that you're working or 
you know, or has more qualifications. I mean, I, I know in the teaching field, it's interesting. People can get kind of locked into where they're at because once you have experience, other schools won't hire you because they have to pay you more and they can pay a brand new teacher out of, out of college sure. significantly less to do basically the same job. They might not have the experience, but they might actually want that because you're not locked in your ways. And so everybody is replaceable. And a lot of people realize that during the the whole 2020 and not right now with us going into a downturn economy, I think a lot of people have that fear. And so one of the things that reselling has done for me, and I think for so many people is it's one of those few things where you see somebody say like, here's something that you can do to actually get some financial freedom and it's real and it actually works and you have to work to do it. It's not this, Hey, I'm just going to get passive income and I'm just going to sit around and do nothing. You have to work. However, you have so much autonomy in what you're doing. Like you can set your own hours. You can work as much as you want to work. You can figure out the, the niche that you want to be in. You can do something that's interesting to you and you can do it for the amount of time and the, the intensity you want. So if you just want to make an extra $500 a month so you can make those bills, mm -hmm. easy peasy. If you want to make a couple grand, if you want to make three or $4,000, it's doable. You have to work more for it, but it actually provides that freedom. And I think you know, uh, I saw a funny clip somewhere. I don't remember what movie it was from, but it was the idea of like if somebody won, you know, the lotto or not even the lotto. It's just like if you got three million dollars, everybody should, you know, should know what to do with it. And it's buy your house, put a certain amount into into savings. So you have you can get a bunch of, of uh, money off of the interest. And then you have what's the, uh, the I just laugh because of inflation. Yeah, it's like the worst thing you want to do. No, no, of it. course. But the, 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 the idea of the movie and, and, you know, I think we all know the phrase, the the basically the forget you money. I have oh, yeah, you yeah, money, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. And that idea keeping of keeping a PG here. Yeah, 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 keeping a PG. So um, when you have forget you money, when your company decides, hey, you know what? You're actually going to do more work for us and we're not going to give you a raise and uh, we're not going to actually appreciate you. You can say, forget you. And you can walk out and you can do your own thing. And, and, and reselling kind of gives a lot of people that freedom. And even if they never end up leaving their nine to five, just knowing I have a little bit of control over my own life, the stress relief of that, of just knowing that worst case scenario, I can make it. So yeah, I want to build on that because that was the other thing I wanted to mention is that there's very few things that are very validating, right? I, I mean, you could do all that passive income stuff and maybe you could go down that road, but those are dangerous roads. Right. And I'm not saying that it's not possible, but, you know, if, if everybody could do it, then we'd have way more millionaires than we have now. Right. But with reselling, it's very validating because, you know, you have the tools on hand. So if you're able to go to a garage sale and you go to a thrift store right? and everybody who has started reselling or have been reselling for a while will always remember the first few times when they heard that cha-ching sound on eBay. Right. Or they sold that item on Amazon where you know, they, they did the research and they bought it and they sold it for good money. Right. I mean, I didn't have major sales when I first was starting. I'll never forget. I, you know, I bought something for two bucks and I sold it for like $10 and I was like, wow, I five X my money. Right. Or, you know, I, I remember just buying like Hawaiian shirts initially back in the day. And this was one, like they were, they were sold for good money and I pay like $3 and they sold for, you know, some sold for 30, some for 50. I'm like, this is wild. So there was that constant validation where if you work a nine to five, you could do, you know, work for an entire week, an entire month, an entire year. And the only validation you may get is that 25 cent raise. Right. I don't know. Are they 25 cent raises? Like, it's crazy to yeah, me. It's pretty small that you can work somewhere. And again, I know some of you work there. Like, I'll never forget when uh, I was, with some, uh, you know, when I was uh, married back in the day and uh, 
Uh, my ex-wife would come home from Starbucks and she'd like, oh, yeah, I got a 25 cent raise. And in my head, I'm like, 25 cents? Like 25 cents. All that the, for eBay, all that means is you just find something and you sell it for a dollar more than you bought it. Right. And yeah. eBay takes its fees and you make your profit. Right. And so it, it's, it's just so validating that, you know, eBay or Amazon you're actually able to, you look up comps, you look the solds, right? You make sure that you're not buying something that, you know, sits around for a while and you could make that money back in a day, in a week, in a month, and you could start scaling and building. So we'll talk about that later on too, yeah. but that's one of the things I love about reselling. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I think a lot of people are driven, even if they don't realize it, are driven by little rewards. I mean, we talked about that with when we did our level up review on Atomic Habits, for some, for some people, for me, it's, you know, if I make a checkbox, things I have to do that day, just marking off the checkbox, that little dopamine hit of like, okay, I accomplished something, I did something, like you said, that validation. And there are times, and I know for a fact that most people who work nine to five jobs, now, if you're in the corporate world and you're working up in, in you know, 80 hour weeks and you're trying to, you know, make it into the board and you're, you're, you're slaving away and you're making really good money, well, you're, you're dedicating your life to that and you have to work really hard. But the average worker, you can go in and like you said, bust your tail and and make every phone call and stock the shelves perfectly and do all those things perfectly one day. And you don't really get anything else out of it because it's not your company. It's not your or you can go in and spend most of the time on social media and kind of just like barely do enough to not get recognized. And that's how a lot of people spend their time. Mm -hmm. Whereas with reselling, because it's your business, if you spend the whole day on social media and the whole day kind of being lazy, it shows in your profit. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're like, you know what, for this next week, I'm going to just go full tilt. I'm going to source every chance I get. I'm going to spend all the time I can listing I'm gonna list, list, list. and I'm going to list and I'm going to ship and I'm going to do all these things. Right. It's like, whoa, more money's coming in. Mm -hmm. Like it's an mm -hmm. instant, instant reward. Even if it's slightly delayed, even if it takes, you know, several weeks for that money to be realized, it's, it's, it's a, there's a cause and effect. Yeah. You remember going, Hey, I remember that one time I didn't want to get up and list. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to go source, but here's the validation, right? You don't remember three weeks later that one time I mopped the floor, you know, like, or, or that one time, you know, that I ended up spending an extra hour late at work. Now there are some professions do that. I mean, Mike and I are, are in education. So, you know, I, I still teach once a week and I love it. And I, I, the validation is there and the gratification is there and it's, it's my passion, but uh, you know, I, this is going to end up being a whole podcast about why reselling is good, but I'll just, just jump one more positive. So 50, you know, I would say five years ago when I was still teaching, you know, teaching and being a school administrator was my full time mm -hmm. and reselling was my part time. But I was able to scale reselling to a point that it became my full time. And then I was able to teach how I wanted, where I wanted, who I wanted mm -hmm. as my side hustle. Right. right. As something that I enjoy doing. And so what reselling has allowed me to do now is I teach. I teach the subjects I like. I don't have to deal with the micromanaging of of administrators. I don't have to deal with uh, obnoxious parents. I mean, I get to be in a community that is uplifting and, and it's just a great place to be. Right. I'm not saying the other community I was in didn't have incredible people, but on, on, the, on the daily, there was always, you know, you, you f sometimes you forget that you're teaching. Right. And so now I can I can choose to teach once a week and choose the classes I want. And I'm not looking to that income to pay the bills. Now, the income is nice, but it doesn't pay the bills. And so reselling also gives you opportunity to do other things. 
right? And so, and I, I would say it opens your eyes. It makes you more of an entrepreneur. So uh, we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit, but let, let's get back to the, uh, <laughs> I want to talk about the bad. Mm. Are you okay with that? Let's do it. So it's simple, but it's not easy. Is that the way you say it? Yeah. Is that correct? So, yeah. so I'll give you an example, right? It's the simple is phone, thrift store, find something, good comps, take home, list. So one time's okay, but doing that over and over and over again. And I will tell you right now, and I know a lot of you can resonate with me on this. Like right now, things are interesting, right? A lot of you have said on social media that sales have, have dropped off while others are saying it's taken off. Others are saying that it's, it's just up and down. I, for example, I, I've had some days where I'm making, you know, several hundred dollars, thousand dollars, whatever. And then the next day it's like a hundred. It's like, what, what is going on? And so, you know, right now I'm working harder than I ever have in, in reselling probably in about two years. And I've mentioned this in the podcast where uh, there was a time when I was just coasting. I didn't have to list as much. I didn't have to source as much. And now because of the downturn economy, uh, because I think of some changes that eBay is making this whole page views thing, I, I do think that's going to have an adverse effect, especially on the uh, if you sell on secondary goods, but I don't know, we'll have to see how that plays out, but I have no options, right? So as a full-time reseller, it's either I go and I apply and I work at a nine to five, which, cause there are plenty of jobs right now because yeah. no one wants to go out there and work, but is it what I want to do? No, it's not what I want to do. Or I can apply myself and I can keep listening and keep listening. And so I've worked like crazy. I mean, I, I've been, you know, at the moment this podcast is done, uh, Mike goes home to his family I'm going to start listening again. That, like that's all I'm doing right now. Yeah. And so yeah, there, the inverse of that idea yeah. that, that you have the validation and the instant or the reward for your labor. The inverse of that is you can oftentimes kind of coast in a nine to five job. Mm -hmm. You can kind of just take it easy. Paycheck will be there. Yeah. You, you don't work quite as hard. Now, if, if you're a terrible employee, obviously you're going to get cut um, eventually, most likely, but you can have times of coasting. I mean, there's even times good employees are going to take a day or two where they're just not putting in their full effort. But the inverse of, hey, the harder you work, the more money you make as a reseller is also true that if you start to slack off, if you're not putting in effort, and especially when there's times and there's periods, we've talked about summer slowdown in the past. We've talked about the ups and downs of the economy that goes through cycles. There are going to be times where you might have to actually work more for the same amount you were making before. And it's tough to do. I mean, it's it's tough to to know that you always kind of have to be going. Now, you can get to a place where you've built enough inventory that you can coast for a period of time, mm -hmm. but you can't coast indefinitely. You can you can do a bunch of listings, get your store up. Um, and I know this firsthand. I mean, there was it wasn't like coasting because I was just being lazy, but you know, life happens and I had a new baby and all these other things going on, busy at work and not putting as much effort into the store and watching my store numbers just drop, 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 drop. And eventually they drop to a point where I'm not getting daily sales no more. Mm. And then I'm only getting one or two sales a week. And it's like, all right, well, I've coasted long enough. You know, you can't, yeah. you can't keep coasting. So it offers freedom. You can take vacations, you can take time off, you can relax a little bit, but in some way or another, you're kind of going to pay for the fact that you weren't working in that time, whether it was you, you didn't get those listings done, you didn't source. Sure, you can take a week off and it's probably in the long run going to be beneficial to you. But if you coast for several weeks out of the year, you're going to see a significant drop in your sales. Your your total net profit's going to go down. And so that that is a bad of reselling is that you don't have that kind of stability. 
that's what everybody likes about the nine to five is the quote unquote stability, which isn't always real. It's almost a false sense of security. However, there is some stability there. Yeah, I, I, but I'm not, you know, I hate saying this uh, NGO, not going to lie, but in this, I, it's such a terrible phrase because you should never lie. Why do people say that? I, knew, I, I met somebody one time and if you do this, I'm sorry. It's, it's one of my pet peeves, but, uh, literally every word I just said, literally that's bad. Um, every <laughs> other word out of his mouth was no lie or no yes, joke. Yes. And he would say the thing and he'd be like, no lie. And after like the 10th time, I'm like, you know, I don't know if I should trust you or not. Like, are you like, are or when you- people go, I gotta be honest here. It's like, all right, have you been lying the entire time? Like what's going on? But in this in this last month, you know, things have been rough. My numbers have I've my numbers have been steady, but it's taken so much work to make that, that those numbers steady that I have contemplated going, huh? I wonder. I wonder if I'd be better off, you know, maybe taking a break of full time and jumping back into full time education for a little bit and you know, just seeing where that lands. Now, I, I can't do that at this moment because I, I'm contracted to other things, but you know, maybe I take on two college classes. Maybe I take on more, you know, more teaching uh, jobs just because that'll be more steady. Because, you know, when you go full time and those of you that are contemplating, we have plenty of episodes on when is it the right time to go full time. When you go full time, reselling is is not everything, but it is everything as far as your income. Right. It, it's the way that you're going to pay the bills. It takes care of your health insurance. Uh, it takes care of any extras. And if your car breaks down, you know, it, it's, you know, if you have kids, you you have to make sure you have enough money. You know, if if something comes up, right, well, when the older your kids get, the more expenses happen, right? I need I need to get sports equipment here, dad, or, you know, I'm going to the movies with my friends. Can, you know, do you have a few bucks I can have or whatever, whatever it may be. And so, you know, you have to have that constant cash flow because, no one else is there for you. Now, if you're doing this with, you know, if you're married or, or with your boyfriend or girlfriend, it makes it a little bit easier. All right. I myself, I'm on my own. So it's me. And if and if something were to happen to me, you know, let's say I, you know, I remember during, you know, this whole scenario that we went through the last few years when when I ended up getting sick and I got sick for a week, uh, it was I was like, all right, this is uh, I hope the sales carry. And they did. But for a reason, sales carried sales kept coming through. But I kept thinking. What if I got really sick? What if I was, you know, out for a month? I, what, what would happen? Right. What, you don't have workman's comp or you don't no, have a have disability and you don't have. Yeah. You know, now, time off. there are other streams, luckily, that I, I do have in play. But the reality is that can go only go on for so long. Right. And so that is the downside of reselling. And and even right now, as we approach these summer months, and if there is a summer slowdown and, and, you know, recession does hit, or some people argue that we are already in a recession, we just don't know it. Uh, I mean, we aren't technically because of, you know, there's definitions. Be, yeah. Two, two quarters of, you know, negative GDP. But outside of that, you know, thing, things can, it can get interesting. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of resellers that start contemplating like, ah, I don't know about this anymore. Right. I don't know. And I know a lot of veteran resellers, experienced resellers say recession is, is a great time for reselling because people go to the secondary market. But what about the in-between? Mm. Like what's going to happen in between before we get there? Right. Because because even right now, you know, again, I said it, it's ebbed and flow. You know, I would I would say. Um, one of the things to think about and consider with that is as resellers, we recognize and hustlers in general, we recognize that. A lot of times it's just 
constant consistent constant consistency it's consistency it's momentum and it's it's continuing going forward mm-hmm. and what i mean by that is you might go through a period where it gets it gets really slow it gets slow for majority of resellers maybe you're in a niche where it doesn't get slow but to say for the vast majority of resellers things really slow down the temptation is to jump ship and the reality is a lot of resellers are going to jump ship Oh, I but agree. The, the yeah. nice thing is if you keep your, your, your nose down, you keep going, you keep moving forward and you, if you can outlast it and maybe it's a storm, but if you get through the other side, the nice thing is there is going to be actually less competition. So even if the total amount of money being spent in the economy goes down, even if the number of people buying on eBay goes down, if your competition was almost cut in half because so many people leave reselling, mm-hmm. you're still going to be doing fine. And in fact, that is oftentimes the opportunity you need to establish yourself as the dominant one in that space or Mm -hmm. to it's the ones that keep going and don't give up. I mean, I even think about that with like our podcast. Like when we started our podcast, you know, it's gone on four or five years ago now. Yeah. When we started our podcast, there were a lot of other people kind of starting podcasts around the same time. And a lot of them just fell off Mm -hmm. and we just kept going and we kept going. And there was a long time there where, Hey, we're not really growing as much as we'd want. Okay. We lost all of our, we had our own revenue apocalypse. Yeah. I mean, we, I didn't, we didn't have any, I mean, there was, there was a time, there was a period, several months where we didn't have any money coming into the podcast at all, like none. Yeah. And we went from, okay, we were, we had some, some sponsors, things were going good to nothing. And Orlando and I had several conversations. And to be honest, Orlando is the one who more than me even was like, we got to keep going. We got to keep going. And there's times I'm like, there's no way like we're, I'm literally putting hours of my week every week into this and I'm getting nothing in return. And we kept going and we kept going and we outlasted a lot of people who gave up and money starts to come in a little bit more. And it's like, okay, I'm glad we kept going. And I think the same is true for reselling. And I think if you think about anything in your life like that, there's going to be a period where it gets really hard and it's the, the people who keep going and move forward who stand a chance. Maybe you don't make it, but it's impossible to make it if you don't keep going. The ones who give up, they're never going to make it, at least in that field. But if you keep going, even if you only have a 50% chance of making it, that's better than zero. And if you do make it, you you really make it, not just like, I'm kind of making it. You know, you've, you arrive, you make it there. It's the ones that keep going. It's the ones that are willing to put in. I mean, think of every every industry, whether you're a musician, think of all of the bands, so many of the famous bands, they played in in basically empty bars for how long with nobody coming to watch them. And they just kept going and they kept going. Not to say that everybody who did it makes it, but the ones who make it had to go through that period. Yeah. I mean, even like you think of like these YouTubers, that they're all famous now, but they're making YouTubes for like 10 years, 12 years, right? Before anybody noticed them. Right. And then, and then when the momentum hit, the momentum hit. Right. Hey, before we move on, though, do you want to say thank you to all of you that have been supporting us on Patreon and encourage many of you that listen to the podcast to, if you haven't yet, uh, sign up. Uh, it's at patreon.com slash podcast. Uh, part of that allows you to join us in Discord. Uh, Discord has been, a, it's an awesome opportunity. It's, I go there every day with multiple conversations uh, with everyone there and it continues to grow. And I, I love how it's, you know, it's, it's real deal. Right. It's, it's no one in there is just trying to, trying to mess around. Now, granted, we have some light fun in there and at times and, uh, we have our rant and rave sessions and, and, you know, we have, I got to tell you, we're not a cook group, but the stuff I'm learning in there is, is worth it. Like hundred percent worth it. And again, it's, it's a very basic, you know, five fifty five a month, which is about 18.5 cents a day, whatever it is. Uh, it, you, you'll make, how much that, is that per minute? 
I don't know what it is, but you'll make that money back super fast. I mean, if I was thinking about, you know, eventually uh, we're going to open it up to yearly memberships if you want to do a year. And that's what, 70, 80 bucks. And, you know, you catch a few things, you save money on supplies, you you get a bolo, you you know, you find ways to be more efficient in your business. And that, that's nothing. Yeah. That's and, nothing. and what I think is even more valuable than that is just having a place of like-minded people. Because one of the bads of reselling well, the, uh, that's the next back, thing we're going to yeah, talk about. Yeah. Going back to reselling is sometimes it's a lonely road. You know, sometimes you feel like it's just you against the world. Maybe you're lucky and you've got, you know, your spouse or other people in your family who are like along for the ride and they they help you. Uh, a lot of people don't. We've even seen that in our discord. You know, some people are like, you know, my, my husband doesn't isn't doesn't resell with me or my wife does resell with me. And and having a place where you can communicate. And one of the things that makes something like discord different than just Instagram is if you maybe see a somebody on Instagram is Instagram famous and they post something and you're like, Oh, that's cool. And so you comment on their comments. Maybe somebody responds to your comment, but it's basically just a place to put your thought out and then it just stays. Whereas on discord, there's actual conversation that happens. People are communicating and you feel you recognize you're not alone. Sometimes you feel like you're alone. You're the only one going through these. You're the only one that's having these problems. And then you have some people that just bounce some ideas off and just rant and say like, why does eBay do this? Or I had a buyer do this or, or get some some suggestions and some advice. And that that makes it really cool to see, even though this is a lonely road, something like a community, whether it's our Discord group or or you just are part of the Pure Hustle podcast community and you comment on YouTube videos and Instagram, is seeing that you really aren't alone. You can feel alone at times, but there's a lot of people who feel alone. And when a lot of people feel alone get together, we realize, you know, we're not actually alone. We've got Agreed. we've got people. So come on over to patreon.com slash Pierce Podcast. The link is below and uh, sign up and support the podcast and join us on Discord. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the loneliness. So there's certain moments where I realize how lonely recently really is. Mm. And I'm going to give Orlando's off story. So th- this, Hold on. Let me get my uh, little violin ready. <laughs> so this is super relevant. So yesterday I was exhausted. So I, I taught I had, I taught my homeschool courses all day, but I barely slept the, the night before. Maybe slept like three hours. And it was because I really, it was the last day and I wanted to make it like the best day ever. And I want to make sure everything was all working. And so I got home and I, I packed up all my eBay packages uh, and then I dropped them off and I came back and I'm like, ah, I'm going to take a nap. So, and my, my kids are with their mom. So it's just me for the next few days. And it was six o'clock. I know you're like, Orlando, why are, why are you napping at six o'clock? Okay. <laughs> I know Mike's like thinking what's so, <laughs> so I wake up at 10 o'clock, right? I wake up at 10 o'clock and I, I look around and it's, it's dark. So I live out in the country and it's dark when there's no light. So what I found at first, you know, I'm hitting light switches and everything's dark. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, so I go on my phone. I'm thinking, you know, right now, anything could be apocalyptic, right? Like, why, why is the power out? So I find this that is it. this is the big one. Yeah. Right. I mean, you, you don't know, right? You don't know. So, so, you know, I, I go on, um, I go on, you know, I check out the news and okay, you know, nothing crazy's happened. Uh, and, you know, it, and, no, and no one's, you know, the next, it's not like the next day when I wake up, like I have to go to work and I can talk with people, I can check in. It was just kind of, it was just me on my own. Right. But the Discord was there and I did text on the Discord and said, hey, my power's out. What do you guys think I should do? And some people got back to me. But, you know, the thing is, the next morning I woke up and my situation was still the same. No power. It's just me. I didn't have a work go. You know, I didn't have anywhere to go to work. I didn't have anybody to have conversations with. And a reselling can be that loneliness. 
you know now it was nice i did catch up on sleep it made me sleep right i couldn't list need that right i, I do and i i mean I, I thought about going to starbucks and using the photo room app but it was already 10 o'clock so starbucks isn't open late uh anyways but you know, I can't tell you how many times, I, especially when I'm doing retail arbitrage, like it looks pretty awesome. You know, on Instagram, I put, you know, people are like, oh, it's so cool. You got to stay at a hotel here. You got to go here and go here. And I'm like, yeah, it's cool. It's nice to travel. But there's those moments where I'm in that van driving five hours and, you know, I'll call a couple people, but it's a pretty reselling is a pretty solitary process. Yeah. And if you if you get really lonely reselling. Uh, we've we've had a lot of people mention and comments and stuff, and so this is an option. What you can do, uh, there's almost 300 episodes of PRSL podcast. You could just throw on Mike and Orlando, listen to those two <laughs> talk about you know the reselling life, and and you feel you feel like uh you know. But uh, but I do I don't I don't turn on our own podcast, but yeah, the other podcast, yeah. But I, I listen to other. But part of my reselling, I've never spent so much time, not necessarily watching YouTube, but like listening to YouTube, watching Netflix you know, all those streaming services because it's just me. Right. So I may have a two to three hour, you know, photo listing packing and it's just me. Right. It's not like I'm at a warehouse and, and there's other people working. We could joke around. It's not that there's a lunch break coming. There's no water cooler talk. Yeah. There's none of that. Yeah. And that's one of the things I do miss. Well, maybe I should make that a thread in the discord, the water cooler talk. <laughs> Isn't that the rants and raves and that the same maybe, thing. Maybe. Okay. All right. But, but reselling especially if you're on your own can be really, really solitary. So that's just the downside. But the positive side of it is that there are opportunities to, to join with people and to be in community. Yeah. And honestly to practice social skills. So I'm, I would imagine that if you were to take a, a survey of all resellers, there's probably going to be some similar demographics as far as, you know, personality types and things like that. Cause I think it takes a certain person to get into something uh, not that everybody's the same in every group of whatever, there's going to be differences. But like, if you think like, okay, look, what are IT people like? All right. What are, what are the, you know, um, office workers? Like what are, like there's certain stereotypes people fall into. And one of the things that I think is probably true for many resellers is they probably prefer in some, some ways the solitary. They, yeah, they, they just, not all, but probably so like, that, you know, I don't, I don't want to necessarily have to small talk with people all the time in the office. Now, one of the benefits of reselling though, is it kind of allows you to exercise if you're willing to that social muscle in the sense that when you're stuck around the same seven people at the office all the time, that's when you run into the, like, I don't like so-and-so I can't stand the way this person eats. I can't. Whereas as a reseller, <laughs> you can say, you know what, maybe I'm not like, cause I know for me, for instance, um, I've always kind of been introverted and over the last several years, I've kind of been like, you know what, I am an introvert in the sense of I, I recharge on my own. I need alone time. I can't, I can't, when I get home from work, I'm not like, all right, let's go out to a party. Like I, I can't stand that. But I've realized that because I kind of self-identified as like, okay, I'm introverted. I need alone time to, I don't like being around lots of people, which that's not true. Um, but because I am not around many people all the time, I'm not the life of the party that, that muscle, that social muscle can kind of atrophy a little bit. You're not as, as willing to do that. But what reselling has shown me is if I go to 30 garage sales this weekend, and then I go to a thrift store, there's actually a lot of opportunity to talk with people that I'm never going to see again, or maybe won't see for a long time or to network. And so it's like, you know, and I'm not really good with just kind of cold approaching somebody and trying to start up some small talk, but why not? I'm gonna, I'm, I'm at this garage sale for the next five minutes. 
I'm going to be really polite to these people and realize like, hey, I'm going to listen to your story. Maybe I make a good connection. And if if not, I've at least kind of learning like, okay, like how can I, how can I interact with people? You pick up on social cues. Yeah, absolutely. And so if you are a resale, one of the benefits, even of the, you know, it can be solitary is there is opportunity to go out and to network. And if you're not good at, I'm not good at negotiating. I'm not good at networking. Well, the beauty is you can practice it a hundred times a day as a reseller. Go into a store, talk to the workers, mm-hmm. go to a garage sale, talk to the people there, try and network. Hey, do you sell any of these? You have got a card and you leave it with them. And maybe you flop the first 500 times you're trying to network because you're just not good at it. But eventually you do it enough that you, you start to get really good at it. And then I realize the more you do those kinds of things, that skill carries over to all kinds of stuff. Next oh, thing you know, you're at a big family event and you're like, all right, well, I'm going to go talk to that person. I haven't seen him forever. And I'm going to start up a little conversation with them. And, and maybe many of you are very extroverted. So you're like, yeah, that's not a problem for me. But reselling does offer you the opportunity, unless you're like a salesman that goes door to door. If you're just an office worker, you're talking to the same people all the time. So you really don't have the opportunity to interact with lots of different Get people. Get awkward. Yeah, exactly. Get awkward. Yeah. Maybe it improves your dating life. Maybe. Let us know in the comments <laughs> below. Are you a better dater because of uh, reselling? For me. All right. Hey, um, so another another benefit of reselling is you do become a better negotiator. And it depends. This is if you're not pallet. Well, I would say even with pallets, even with, you know, because you got to strike up a bargain, but you do become a better negotiator, whether it's at the garage shows, whether there's at thrift stores, even even if it's on eBay when people are messaging you, right? It's if you do send offer and so on, because I can tell you, I'm a far better negotiator now than I was even a year ago, even two years, three years, four years ago. Right. And we, and reading that book, uh, I can't even <laughs> never split the difference in negotiating if your life depended on it by, uh, Chris Voss, uh, Chris Voss. Yeah, okay. What a great book. It was a life changing book. Yep. Right. And, and it allowed me to better negotiate. And I've negotiated a ton. I've yeah, negotiated. If you haven't listened to, sorry to interrupt. If yeah, you haven't, fine. if you haven't listened to the, those podcasts, um, if you just type in and Pierce podcast level up review, uh, we've got a whole bunch of them. I think most of them are probably in a playlist already, uh, but we've done a lot of books and never split the difference. We probably did it over like four podcasts, I think. Mm-hmm. And they were long. like So we got like four hours probably talking about that book. So definitely I recommend picking up and reading it. Um, if while you're reading it, you want to listen to our thoughts about it. Or if you're like, you know, what? I don't want to spend the time reading a book. Uh, you can just listen to our thoughts about it and we connect it directly to reselling. Uh, and yeah, you're, you're right. It's a life-changing book for sure. And so, you know, that's another benefit of reselling is that it forces you to get awkward. It forces you to negotiate, pick up on social cues, read people, empathize with people. It does bring about a lot of social skills. So you may be introverted, which there's the other benefit that if you want to be an introvert, it does give you that opportunity where you don't have to be the the greeter to everyone. You don't have to listen to everybody. You can kind of like just, you know, live out in the woods. And and I know some of you do that listen to the podcast. You're kind of on your own and you go into town and you source at the bins and you pick up enough for two weeks and then you go back and, and that's, that's how you enjoy life. Right. And, but there's also the other side that if you want to get out there and you, you want to meet people and you want to make deals, like Mike said, there is that benefit of reselling. So it's good. All right. Hey, so here's, here's another benefit. I'm going to bring in our social media here. Uh, but before we do that, AmericanBoboy.com. Yeah. And so a lot of people have asked us about the coupon and I don't think we're going to just talk about the coupon code right now. I think we're going to put it on pause Okay. because I, there's, there's been just a lot of, just a lot of hurdles. And so I am connecting with, uh, with, uh, you know, American Bobo boy, uh, Joel, he's, he's a guy, you know, the owner and he runs it. He's awesome. And so we're going to kind of, you know, redraft things, but, uh, there's, 
you know, there's still amazing deals on there, right? It's funny because on the Discord, people are like, yeah, your code didn't work, but we're still the best price and the best product out there. And I agree. So you can still check it out, AmericanBoboy.com. Uh, go to the link below. Uh, going through that link still lets them know that we sent you and it helps us out, helps you out. Again, you get free two-day shipping. Uh, it depends where you're at. You can get next-day shipping. Uh, and you can also do a free local pickup. And the other things you start looking at and maybe buying it. And here, maybe not now, but maybe in the future, because, you know, it can get pricey at times, uh, is the Instapacks. And the Insta packs are kind of like those, uh, you know, like flotation device. <laughs> I don't know yeah, what those ones. are great. But, you know, it's basically, let's say you had, you know, the Pure Hustle podcast mug, right? And you don't want to get damaged. Now, you could watch your mug life video, right? But let's say you're like, ah, I don't know. And let's say it's something similar. Let's say it's a very expensive uh, item, right? You yeah. just, you put it in there and you press the button, the Insta pack, and it'll like surround it. Yeah, it gives and, it like a like a protective hug, and it's really good. So you should check those out on their on their website too. Uh, but uh, again, AmericanBoboy.com. Go to the link below, and it helps us out. Yeah. All right, if you haven't following us on social media, make sure to follow us. We are on Instagram. We are Pure Podcast on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. We are Pure Cast on Twitter. Uh, you can always give us a call. 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. I uh, always love listening to your voicemail. So if you want to ever leave a hustle of the week or so on, you're always welcome to do that. And also you can shoot us an email. And pretty much I think all our hustle of the week, except for one, we actually were doing four uh, this week, is from emails. So I don't know why we got a flood of emails, but I uh, want to make sure that we share those on there. And if you're listening to us on you know, on the podcast and we, we have thousands of listeners every week, but we don't have thousands of views and that's okay because we appreciate every single one of you that are listening. But if you ever want to go over and help us out on YouTube, jump on over, uh, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button right now, hit that bell notification. And we haven't asked for comments. You know, let us know in the comments, what is your favorite thing about reselling? Or maybe talk to us about the thing that you find the most annoying or the worst part of reselling. Because yeah. I always want to hear about those too. Since we're talking really quick about uh, about like social media and all that stuff, I haven't talked to Orlando about this. Uh, oh, okay. So this is coming out just uh, super, super, uh, you know, on the spot here. So count me in. I, I kind of did this with the, when I announced like, hey, we're probably going to start a Discord. Uh, but so I'm going to say right now, you're hearing it for the first time, summer of 2022, Pure Hustle Podcast is going to start selling merchandise. Are we? So we're okay. gonna start. We're gonna start merchandise sales in 2020, summer of 2022. So coming up here pretty soon, the next couple of months, uh, it's gonna be available. Originally, we were trying to wait until we were at uh, 10,000 on YouTube because then we could connect it to our YouTube. But you know what? We think that you saw uh, some merch. We can get some merch out there to you guys. We've got some cool ideas. We've even had a few people on our Discord give us some suggestions on some stuff. So we're really excited about that. So keep an eye out. I love that. having business meetings on on air. That's how we do it. All right. Hey, I wanted to share some of the reviews because if you haven't yet uh, put on a review, uh, it always helps us out on uh, the iTunes podcast. Uh, so if you go to iTunes and we just got a negative one, which I'm going to share. So, you know, if you want, I saw that. If you want, if you want to balance that out, you can go on over and five stars. So let me just share some of these because we always want to recognize that the fact that you guys spent the time to write these. So I'm going to just share the two good and the one bad. Uh, so this is from a uh, berserk 13. So this is the best. If you want to start uh, to make some extra money, listen to this podcast. I've learned so much from these guys. Did I read this already? No, I haven't. With the amount, of, it sounds like the same because we've always talked about helping to make money, which is what we wanted to do. Uh, with the amount of episodes there are, it means there is a lot of info being given to learn to make you more money. 
Okay. Now, uh, the other one, this is the most recent one. Uh, this is from uh, Chola TX. I hope I said that right. Uh, and said, uh, Mike and Orlando are definitely knowledgeable when it comes to reselling and generous in sharing that knowledge. They're quite different personalities with their own distinct viewpoints. By the way, did you catch that somebody else agreed that your voice doesn't match your YouTube? Yeah, they say I sound small. Yeah, so... Yeah, I did not that, see that, that, that comment. That was what the comment said. They said, that really? you, you sound so small, sorry. but you're not small at all. So, uh, yeah, if okay, you want to see right, what we actually okay. look like, right. uh, come check us out on YouTube if you're just listening. I wonder if anybody will be bold to say Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, all right. Um, with their own distinct viewpoints that play off one another in interesting, formative, and occasionally hilarious ways. Nice. All right. So, this comes so from... I want to read the, the negative oh, one. Come, I just pulled all it right, out. All right. All right. So the negative one, it's pretty funny. Um, it's the title is it's from Resale Maniac. Resale Maniac, yeah. Okay. The title is Libertarians. If you like right wingers, you'll love these guys. Keep the politics out of the show, and maybe I'll start listening again. These two can't keep their politics out of their reselling podcast. It's nauseating. Well, um, you know, it is true. We have full episodes where we talk about who you should vote for. Uh, where we go through ballot measures and stuff like that. So, you know, we'll, we'll try and eliminate those parts of the podcast. Uh, but I, I mean, come on now. I, I, I don't, okay. We know who this person is cause they commented on our YouTube, basically the same thing, but, uh, it's, it's fine. I, Even I, though they were wrong too. Oh yeah. I mean, this is, this is the person who's like, we are not in any inflation. This is transitory. And it's like, okay. Okay. Now the, well. the, the interesting thing is here is that they said libertarians. So or were they calling us libertarians? Yeah, they're calling us libertarians. Okay. So uh, that's an interesting one. I mean, libertarians, I would say would, I mean, yeah, we are, they're considered right wingers, but I, I, I don't consider myself a libertarian, but anyways, li- libertarians are like not anywhere close to when you think of like right, right wing, right. They're, yeah. they're more of like, Hey, let, let, let everybody be free, do yeah. what they want. As long as the government didn't get involved, which it's kind of our attitude too. When I mean, it comes to reselling and, and taxes and stuff, we, we occasionally talk, whatever it is what it is. No, but anyway, I mean, we, we gotta be who we are. And so the bottom line is, is if we believe something to be right, we're going to call it out. And if we think something to be wrong, we're going to call it out. And the bottom line is, and we've always said this, that reselling is, one of the most capitalist ways to make money. And if, and if that's a problem, then you should, shouldn't resell, but that's what you do. You buy and you sell goods and you let the free market determine. Right. And anytime the government jumps in probably isn't a good thing. And, and maybe that's why we've been called libertarians. Well, Oh, well it it is what it, but we love every single one of you. We know that we have listeners from all over the place and politically. And we talk all the time on the DMS and we message and we're good with each other. I'm not here. To, I, I just don't, I just don't see the point in, in, you know, yeah. saying that, but it is what we it is. We try not to be as divisive as, uh, you know, as, as you're being here in this comment, but that's okay. But I hope you'll come back. But if, if you're listening right now, if not, I hope you wait, find, but, I hope you find a really good podcast that, that matches everything you're looking for. That would be great. Anyways, love every single one of you. And I, again, I love being challenged. I love it. It's fine. I'm good with it. Yeah. So, all right. Wow. I, I there just, we go. No, no. It's just, it's just one of those things. It's, it's, it's been an interesting week. Like for, I'll just, I'll just going to spend two more minutes, not on the political side, but you know, um, the thing, one of the things I don't like about reselling and we'll get to hustle the week is, is the bookkeeping. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yep. The bookkeeping just drives me crazy. I hate the time. And, and right now, 
the fact that if you guys don't know and and we got to share we're going to share this in the update but i think it's important you know for you to know now is that i've always been a big supporter of godaddy bookkeeping from i was the only bookkeeping service i've used for ebay because it syncs ebay amazon all my credit cards my bank statements everything and godaddy just announced that they are no longer doing bookkeeping not not just online just they're done and so they're offering a way for you to transition into another platform, QuickBooks. And I got to look into it. Mike says he's done QuickBooks and it's been fine. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, one of the difficulties, one of the things that I think is a downside is is bookkeeping, having to track all your miles, having to keep all your receipts, you know, having to look at your cost of goods, uh, you know, be, being, you know, very efficient about all that, because if you're not, you're going to be paying a lot of taxes. Right. And so my libertarians, I'm joking about libertarian, but would say, why, why, why should you pay any more to the government than you should have to? Yeah. No, keep your right. own money. Keep your money. That's, I mean, that's kind of the idea is um, don't pay more than you, than you have to. And if you are so inclined to donate to the government, you can do that. Like do your taxes so you're not overpaying. And then if you're like, you know what, I got an extra $5,000 and I want to give it to the government, then you can do that. Nobody's stopping anybody that from doing true. that. That's facts. But just don't, it, it's, don't do it because you're, you're, you just didn't realize you were doing it. That's basically what happens yeah, when and, you don't take deductions. And that's the hard thing about reselling is, you know, you got to make sure you spend the time to know what your deductions are to, you know, be very good about, you know, whether it's keeping a spreadsheet, whether it's using a program, it, there, there's just a lot of babysitting that you got to do. And so if you're, you know, one of those individuals like me that is not very organized when it comes to certain things, uh, you got to, you know, be disciplined and you have to make sure uh, that everything is is aligned because in the end, it will cost you money. And all that hard work you put in reselling is going to end up going to the government if you're not careful about how you are you know, doing your deductions and making sure you're keeping track of all your expenses. So there's that. Now let's talk about the positive. Let's bring our hustle of the week. Yeah. Hustle of the week. Uh, sorry, I'd pulled up the, oh, we got some interesting ones though. These are good. All right, here we go. Come on hustlers. It's the freaking hustle of the week. Yeah. All right. So we got, uh, several emails that came in uh, a little bit longer and, uh, you know, my eyesight isn't what it used to be. I have to read all Come day at school, yeah. so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the best you I can. You should be saying that, yeah. All right. Uh, so first one comes in from Alex, uh, and he writes, Hey, hustlers, I just closed my business down with 13 employees because work dried up about 10 months ago, and the cost of labor, material, fuel increase, coupled with the burn rate, killed us. I'm only 46 and said to my wife, I'm going to semi-retire and just take remedial jobs somewhere with no responsibilities. I'm a disabled vet and have to work my butt off for a long time. Uh, time for me to ease up a bit. The payroll for my company was around 25000 a week, and I will never miss that stress of wondering if I'll run out of money to pay my employees. I flipped for a while back uh, in 2005-2010 range, and I loved it. I always missed the treasure hunt and was making around 2000 a week doing it. I also said if anything happens, I'm going back to it. Well, I got back into it four weeks ago and have been killing it. I've done over 10,000 and roughly 6,000 in profit, but those numbers are increasing daily. Enough of my story, and here's my hustle of the week. I went to a yard sale on Friday, and it was amazing. The guy does estate cleanouts and auctions. I bought about $450 worth of top-notch stuff to sell on eBay and put the pile in my truck. 
I had $20 left, so I decided to spend the last of it and search through countless boxes and came across a plastic box with about a thousand various ticket stubs in it. I peeked inside and saw an early Red Sox stub from the 50s and quickly shut it and asked how much, and he said $10. I couldn't give him the money quick enough. I brought it home and started going through and was shocked as it, um, at it was in or at what was in there. 12 NCAA basketball tickets from the finals of 1959 through 1962. Insane. NFL tickets from the 1940s New York Giants, Redskins, Eagles, Boston, and Yanks. Yankee tickets from the 1940s. A ton of Boston Celtics 1940s tickets. Minneapolis, Minneapolis Lakers tickets. Uh, haven't really gone through it all, but there are so many concert tickets that it could be diamonds as well. This week, I'm sending a bunch out to PSA to get graded and slapped. Just from looking up comps on what I know of the lot so far, its value is well over 10,000 and will continue to go up as I can ID more stubs. Everyone needs to add this to their bolo list. I'm so glad I got back into this and uh, will never get out. This was always, this will always be my passion. Thanks for the best show out there. I listen to you guys nonstop daily. Uh, P.S. He attached some pictures. Sincerely, Alex. Man, what a great story. I mean, uh, first of all, sorry, I, 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 can't imagine the stress and then the pain of losing a business, especially when you have employees that you have to worry about, are you going to be able to pay? And then when that goes to under, that's, that has to be an extremely difficult thing to go through. And then also the fact that you're a vet, um, thank you for, for your service to our country. Um, it, it's truly an amazing and inspiring story, but what I love most is that you never actually gave up. Like you went through really difficult things. These hard things happen to you. And even when you said you, you're going to kind of take it easy, you're clearly hustling and working true, hard, yeah. you know, and you didn't give up and you're, you're, you're making it. I mean, this is, this is exactly what we talked about earlier in the episode of it is, it is that fallback that you can have. It is that opportunity where even if you got out of it, I mean, he said he did this 2005, 2010, that was you know, mm-hmm. 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Some would say you can go back. kind of the glory days of eBay too. Yeah. You know? And and it just goes to show that even if you were to say, you know what, I'm done with eBay or I'm done with flipping and reselling, the skills and the ability to do it, those don't go away. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have to brush up on a couple of you know niches here and there. But if 10 years down the road, you decide to get back into it, you still have those skills. So yep. what an incredible story. Concert tickets. I, I mean, I'm sure if I would have seen some of those, I might have looked them up, but I didn't know ahead of time that that's something I should be looking for. It's so. a new bolo. I, I've seen on TikTok people talking about it, but uh, what he found, I love how he's like, I looked and I shut the box. and was like, let's make the deal. And that's, that's the kind of time. So we talk a lot about negotiating. That's the kind of time when I wouldn't haggle. If they're like 10 bucks, yep, agreed, I wouldn't agreed. say like, how about five? Because then there's the chance to like, well, let me see what's in there. And then you never know, you could end up losing the deal. So if it's like, yep, done 10 bucks. Yeah, no. Hey, thanks so much, Alex, for, uh, for sharing that. All right, this is uh, another email from uh, Diane. And Diane says, hey, Orlando, I just had to share this hustle because it's my biggest sale to date. Although I've only been reselling since mid-February, I'm a longtime thrift shopper. Thought I knew every thrift shop in Jacksonville, but accidentally stumbled upon one a few weeks ago that I had somehow previously overlooked. Which is wild, right? When they just pop up and you find them. Five minutes in, I could tell that they checked eBay before pricing their items and had serious doubts about finding anything here. But being that person that leaves no stone unturned, I continued making my way around the store, found a couple bread and butter items, but was disheartened when I saw the slim pickings in the plush department. Well, as I made my way toward the checkout, I spotted a sealed blister package containing a 2006 iDog score. 
got it for 10 bucks. Comps for new ones were 75 to $120 because mine had an iDog sweater and scarf set in the package and none of the others did. I listed high at 189 plus shipping. I sold it last week for full asking price then two weeks after listing. Thanks again for providing us with such an informative and entertaining podcast. And that's the thing. You just never know. What I love is that, you know, these thrift stores, again, unless there's an AI capability of being able to pick up every single thing, they will always miss things. And Diane, you definitely, you definitely scored $10 yeah. into that much. And even, even when you could have just left the store and said, there's nothing here, you continued on and you got your hustle of the week. So yep. thanks, Diane. Yep. Leave no start. Leave no stone unturned for sure. All right. Our next one comes from MSG Treasures. His name is Matt. Yeah. Matt from MSG's Treasures. So he says, Hey guys, just started listening to your podcast on YouTube about a month ago because I'm looking for content to listen while I list and photograph that doesn't distract me from doing just that. Anyways. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah, I was, yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure. Anyways, about five weeks ago, I came upon an estate cell that was by telephone appointment only. And in the description said general or geared towards collectors and the items were insane. So I said, what the heck? I called, made an appointment thinking to myself, no one is going to go to this estate cell. You got to call. And it says geared towards collectors, meaning high prices. So I followed my gut and went. And let me tell you, this house was loaded with military collectibles galore. They had mini Franklin Mint and Kuji World War II diecast aircraft and these rare diecast World War II tanks from King and & Country and Figurati Miniatures. They wanted $10 and $15 a piece, the broken ones I got for $5. So far, I've sold over $4,500 worth of tanks and almost $2,000 worth of aircraft. I went back on three different days and spent just over $3,000. Whoa. Uh, the thing is, I still have 20 more yes. airplanes and six more tanks. I bought two totes full of books, cherry picked, mind you, and miscellaneous electronics. I have seven bronze statues of knights jousting, signed sculptures, and a couple rare signed hand painted sculptures of Greek warriors. They're slow sellers, but worth between $400 to $600 each, plus three paintings I'm in the process of getting appraised. No one went. Some guy came on the first day and they said he bought about $1,000 worth of tanks, so I can't imagine what he got. I have one tank listed I'm hoping to get at least $1,000 for. I've attached several screenshots of the sales for your viewing pleasure. I also have this haul on my YouTube channel and IG, both at MSG's Treasures, so definitely go check them out. Thanks for looking. Man, I, I, I love... I love like miniature stuff, tanks, mm -hmm. airplanes, figures, the jousting uh, knights. Man, that'd be so cool. That I think I'd have a harder time getting rid of something like that uh, than probably anything else just because, I mean, who gets like a sculpture of a jousting I watched knight? his YouTube video and I was like, yeah, I, I'd struggle selling some of those things. Yeah, but man, so uh, definitely don't sleep on on World War II miniature stuff or just especially like older things like that. The 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 collectible value is, is obviously amazing on those. Um, if it's military stuff, if it's like, uh, uh, what is it called when you, um, military, not outlet military oh, surplus, yes, like a military yeah. surplus stuff. If it's just like, I, I, you have to really know what you're getting with that stuff. But when it comes to collectibles, a little bit easier to tell mm -hmm. what's worth money. So man, what a great, what a great buy. I would have never gone. Like I, I hate the appointment only ones. Cause I'm like, okay. Hey, maybe that's the, uh. But if every other reseller is thinking the same thing. I know. That's what he did. He went counter to what every reseller would have done, and he ended up scoring. So great job, man. All right. This one's from our Discord. And this one I wanted to share because, yeah, I, I still have not come across any of these. But but uh, Hillshire Farms from our Discord did. And so 
I, I did ask him for his first name, but he didn't get back to me in time. So I'm sorry, Hillshire Farms. But if you want to know who he is, you just join the Discord. You can say congrats. Uh, so he found a Harley Davidson shirt at a thrift for $3. Listed on eBay and it sold immediately. It was a vintage Harley Davidson 3D emblem, which I've never, ever seen in my life in person. Leader of the pack shirt that sold for $149.99 plus ship right after he completed the listing. Now, when I when I read this at first, I was like, oh, man, like, did he list it too low? You know, because usually when stuff it sells really fast, that means, you know, you probably should have listed it higher. But no, he that he got he got a good price for that. Now, I will say a couple of things. The Harley market has changed. That shirt, I think about three, four years ago, probably would have been about four hundred dollars. And he got one fifty for it. So Harley is still profitable, but you definitely have to be pickier. But the fact that he was able to find a 3D emblem shirt at a thrift store for $3, those three things is a pretty amazing find. So that's a great hustle of the week, uh, Hillshire Farms from the Discord. Yeah. So, all right. What is your hustle of the week? Uh, so my hustle of the week uh, was something I picked up a while back and I had just been lazy and not listing it, uh, but I picked up a uh, Otis Spunkmeyer Cookie I remember oven. that. Yeah. So I picked up this Otis Bunkmeyer cook, uh, cookie oven and it was at a garage sale where I'd already bought a bunch of stuff from and I uh, was walking back to like, because I bought in like several boxes of stuff. And so I was walking back to get my last box and I saw, because I saw when I first walked up, but I'm like, ah, I, I usually stay away from like big appliance type stuff. Mm-hmm. But I was like, you know, I'm just going to look this up. And somebody else is actually standing looking at it too. And so I looked it up and they, they sold for like 200 bucks on eBay. And so, oh man. So I asked him how much, and I think it, I want to say it was 25 bucks. It might've been 20, uh, but I paid somewhere around $25 for this thing. And it has just sat for a long time. I tested it. I I knew it worked, but to me, I was like, I'm just going to list this locally uh, because it's big and I don't want to ship it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just, it's got to go. So I listed it the same day that I listed it. I got an offer. I think I had it up for 200 plus $50 shipping. Uh, and I took an offer of 185 just because it was like, you know, I mean, $15 less than asking price. Like, yeah, I'm taking that. So I took the offer. Uh, the crazy thing was though, we had to really Frankenstein a box to to make it work. We had, we had a, a large box from Walmart and a medium box from Walmart. And so we had to put the, it fit in, it didn't fit in either of the boxes. If we would have had two large boxes, it would have been perfect. So we could just slid one over the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had to like put the littler box inside and then put a bunch of padding around. So we basically floated the box. Which is probably better. Yeah. And we, we didn't close the 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 medium boxes open on both ends so that it can basically stand up the whole way. And I, we just closed the top of it. We didn't close the bottom of it to protect it. And we had to like basically made like a poly gone shape thing at the top so instead of a square like the sides went in so it was like a really funky shape oh, and box. you have like tape going over the side oh yeah there's space in between yeah and we used, oh, I do we that used tape the to time. cover the, the space yeah uh so it was a funky shaped box and it was one of the most expensive we ended up losing a little bit of money on shipping it was like 75 to ship it because it went all the way to florida mm. uh but still for the fact that to actually take the pictures and list it probably took five minutes shipping it took a little bit longer but a $25, $20, $25 pickup to over 200 bucks net profits, you know, 140 something like that. Yeah. That's an easy, that's a, I'll do that all day. Yeah. Okay. All day. I mean, I think of, there've been times where I'm like, you know, if things got bad and I, uh, you know, move somewhere else and I didn't get a teaching job right away, I could sub, you know, I could be a substitute teacher. You know, they make like 140 bucks a day. I'm like, I could just sell one of these. 
Yeah, no. It and, took it took yeah. twenty minutes of work. That's uh that's so real quick before I eat the muscle week, that's one of the benefits of reselling too, yep. is that you're it's kind of like the validation that you get, but your time is better spent than a lot of jobs you could have. Right. Again, there's different ROIs. Like for example, I would not trade my time in the classroom for reselling because the ROI I get from teaching kids and the impact I get from, you know, from all of that and the fact that, you know, it's just it's what I feel my calling is, that's a different ROI. But let's say if it was between this and me having to I remember uh and I love In and Out Burger. It's great burgers, love <laughs> animal fries. But before the birth of my second son, I remember I was like, I need to make a lot of money uh, to be able to, you know, be able to get a new crib and everything for my son at that point in time. And so I worked at In-N-Out Burger. I was a teacher and I worked there. I think it was about nine months before he was born. And it was it was kind of awkward. I had, you know how you have to have those. Uh, you have to have the huge like uh, not paperclip, but the. The pin, the pin, the safety pin, the safety pin. It yep. just looks awkward. You got to wear. Anyways, I remember being at the drive through and like parents pull up and like, oh, hey, you work here. And it was just, yeah. just awkward. And I was making nine dollars an hour and I, I worked so hard and I, I didn't really think about eBay at that time. Had I known about eBay, I probably would have never worked at In-N-Out Burger, but I just it was I just it wasn't on my radar. And so. I think of all the hours I spent, you know, 40 hours to make $9 an hour is 360 bucks. Then you take out the taxes and whatever else, maybe making 200 something where I could have probably made that amount of money in at the very least half the time. Yeah. Well, you know, we can go into garage sales and a little bit of time listing. And I, I just think back to when you were my, my administrator and how many times you're like trying to get me to come to Saturday school and teach. It's like, you get paid like an extra $150 mm -hmm. or whatever it was to teach Saturday school. And I'm like, well, you know, it's better than nothing. Not once did you say, or you can come with me garage selling this Saturday and I'll teach you how to make $600 in a weekend. Was, was I doing all that back then though? I don't know if I was there yet. Uh, you were reselling pretty hard. Okay, baby, baby, baby. I think that was when we had tutoring and I just needed tutors. Yeah, yeah, those tutors. You, <laughs> you, so hey, you're, you, you weren't going to you weren't gonna show us the way to freedom. You needed us working I for needed you. I needed laborers. That's right. So, all right. Hey, but hey, we, I do got to get to my hustle of the week. So my hustle of the week is tied into something I discussed, I don't know, like two months ago. I don't know if you remember. I went to a garage sale and all the clothes was free. No, an estate sale and all the clothes was free. And usually when you think free, you're like, oh, it's probably junk. And in it was all kinds of, of vintage Pendleton, Tommy Hilfiger. And this last week, you know, they're finally selling. And here's the crazy part. So I, I remember being there and there were all these boxes. And it was me and his, this guy that was like this high schooler was out there hustling. And a former parent of who's, who's a kid I had taught years ago. And I guess he's doing really well. Like he goes to the Rose Bowl and he was sharing with me and it was just weird having this conversation with a parent, you know, that I, whose kid I taught years ago. And, and, uh, you know, he obviously was doing very well for himself because the school I worked at was not cheap. Okay. And then, uh, and then this high schooler is like going through this. And so there's, you know, there's enough for all of us. And, you know, I, I picked up a few things and, and the first item I sold was, uh, I had mentioned that toy that was never found that the post office lost. But it was that pulsar, whatever. It was a the toy that if you press a button, like it sparked. Mm -hmm. Post office lost it forever, by the way. Just throwing oh, that man. out there. That's a piece Just of history. Saying. It is. So, anyways, that automatically I paid sixty five dollars for a bunch of toys and everything there. Now, of all the clothing in there, 
it was crazy. So I, I took that. I, I picked up every single Pendleton. Some of these Pendletons were new attacks. Okay, vintage. So in this last week, I sold two of them. Uh, and again, this is all free. One of them, I didn't know until after I did an IG story. So I, I took pictures. I listed it. And then when I was doing an Instagram story, I, I went through the shirt and I noticed that there was, it was new with tags, but the tag was on the inside. So instantly the cost went up, you know, for, to, I mean, the price went up to sell it. So anyways, out of all the free clothing, I've made hundreds. But in this last week, I sold two of the Pendletons. So be a lookout. These are bolos. Pendletons that have leather patches on the elbow. Those are worth money. So I sold each of those for $85 a piece, free ship, and they were completely free. So you just never know what happens. By the way, this estate sale, I picked these items up at nine in the morning. So it was after the golden hour. So, all right. So those are our hustles of the week. All right. Hey, before we move on uh, to our last portion, we do want to talk about Skull Shaver. Uh, Skull Shaver has been a, it's a, it's a great hustle, hustle yeah. of a lifetime. Yeah. And it keeps Mike and I looking smooth. So if, you know, you, you know, I, what do you think? If I grow my hair, will you continue using Skull Shaver? Yeah. I, 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 uh, one time, like, I don't know, five years ago, six years ago, something like that. I tried to start growing my hair out a little bit and, uh, yeah, and I'm thinning too much on top. So it's shaved forever. So I missed my window. I, I've, I've, I've been shaving my hair since I was in uh, junior high, not all the way down to the skin like it is now, uh, but you know, pretty close buzz. And I was like, maybe it's time to see what my hair looks like. Yeah. I missed that window. So I will be using Skull Shaver for forever. I'm just throwing it out there because I'm contemplating. Growing it out? As long as you as long as you do something cool with it and you know it doesn't just become like part of the the crazy goatee you got going on. Hey, Mike, I maintain my goatee sometimes it's a little I'm long. not saying it's not maintained. I'm just saying like if you know it's long and it's a goatee know, and if I you know. did a long hair too. Well the only reason is that that it's TMI here, but I had a bald like patch back here and it's gone. How'd you use like, uh, you know, Rogaine or something? I, I don't know what happened. Like I just, uh, the other day, like I, I went like a few days without using the skull shaver and I, I'm like, wait a second. Like what happened? I'm like maybe it's time to, maybe our know. next sponsor needs to be like, uh, the hair club for men. Oh maybe I'll start God. growing my hair out. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Hey, you can reach out to us. You know, hair club. Is that even around? I, I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, but Hey, skull shaver is a great tool. Uh, for me, you know, it's, it's easy. And that's why I've been able to keep my head shaven all the time. Uh, this is actually second day. I didn't use it today. And the cut was so close that I didn't have to worry about it. So go to SkullShaver.com. Use our promo code HUSTLE with a capital H and you'll get that discount. All right. Let's talk about one. Let's do one more bad, one more good. What's, a, what's another right. negative you got here? Um, so one thing that, that can be negative with reselling. So when you, you're working in nine to five, you can definitely take things personally um, if it's like directed at you. But a lot of times, like if you're just doing customer service, it's a lot easier to be disconnected from, from upset customers, from the Karens, from the whatever it is, you know, people freaking out at you over something that you did, like you, you rang something up wrong or, or whatever it is. It, it's, it's relatively simple a lot of times to kind of disconnect from that and just kind of nod and maybe be frustrated and like customers are so annoying. You know, if you're a waiter, like, you know, people are, are so rude and, and, and then you just kind of move on. You can be frustrated at them. But when you're reselling and you get those messages from a from somebody who bought something from you and this was terrible, nothing like the pictures or this was even if you did everything right, it's harder to not take it personally. Now, the longer you resell, the, the tougher your skin gets. And so it's not as big of an issue, but it definitely stings a little bit more. And especially when 
when a c- customer does something like they return something and you know that they they just borrowed it mm-hmm. or they they broke it and they returned it to you you take it more personally because it is your bank account. It's not just like, well, I, I'm doing this return for Target, whatever. Like, you know, the company, they can handle all the returns they, they need to do. But when you have to eat the cost of a return and it wasn't your fault, or when you have to eat the cost of something, or when you're getting complaints thrown at you and it's almost like personal attacks, it's much harder to not take it personally because it is your money and it is your business and you know you're doing the best customer service you can do. And so there is it's a little bit harder to kind of distance yourself from the complaints. Now, maybe some people are, are have become so callous to it. It's no big deal. But there's definitely been times where I've gone to sleep and as I'm falling asleep or as I'm waking up, I'm still thinking like, I, I should just write this to that person. Like, I can't believe, you know, they would say this about, you know, my business or the way I packed or... So you can definitely take things. It's harder to separate personal from business when your business is so close to you personally. Yeah, and to add to that, returns, right? I know a lot of you don't do returns, but uh, returns are one of the parts that I, I can't stand. And and when you get, I feel like when returns hit, they hit all at the same time. So like this last week, I had a hundred and fifty dollar return on a camera. I had a hundred and twelve dollar return on a pair of shoes. You know, I earlier in the year I had an eight hundred dollar return. I had a thousand dollar return, and so yeah, those those returns can you know because you. You go on this, yes, like I'm good, right? I, you know, I'm gonna go, I'm going to Disneyland, and then, and then you get that message on the eleventh hour of the thirtieth day that somebody wants to return your item, and you're like, no. And, but it is what it is. I mean, it's just business, you know. It's just business. So let's end that on on a positive note here. What you got? And we got, you know, there's a lot. But what I love about reselling, the most of it all, is the potential. Is the potential that, you know, it's not 100% guaranteed that, you know, all the hard work you you put in is going to be rewarded equally. But there is there is a potential that, hey, if you want to scale, you can scale. Are you going to have to make sacrifices? Probably. Right. But it, it's, you know, not, not the sky's the limit, but it's up to you. Mm. Right. You, you know, you we, we can all get into this like, oh, it's it's eBay and FeeBay and it's the algorithm and, and it's gating and it's Vero's and it's all this. But ultimately. It's up to you, then that's a bad th- that could be a bad thing, too. But on the positive side, if you really want to make it happen, I do believe reselling is one of the many avenues, but the least riskiest. I don't even know if that's the right word. Least risk averse avenues to be able to scale right so you can say hey you know what i'm gonna save up a thousand dollars and i'm gonna hit up garage sales and i'm just gonna go hard on these garage sales and i'm gonna drop 300 on this day and whatever i'm gonna spend until i can anymore and as long as you do your research and you list them right away and you're not greedy about taking offers and you ship fast and you keep your metrics up you can build and build and build and build and you can be in a really nice place if you know you check all those boxes, but there's so much potential in reselling. So, do you have anything else you want to add to that? Uh, I think that's good. Okay, all right. So, let us know. Do you agree? Do you agree about the potential of reselling? Right? Do you think that it, it's it's all you know basically a game of finding the time and putting in the work and making it happen? And with that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant, and be reselling. Please, peace. <laughs>